You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. Uh, I'm John. I'm joined by John. How are you doing? <laughs> Better today because I've not been at Hamden today. I <laughs> will. Fair enough. Uh, and we've got a returning guest uh, who we had on last season when Alex McLeish gets sacked uh, or left, whatever mutual consent, whatever they want to say. Uh, we've got Ian from the famous Tartan Army magazine. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, guys? Yeah, good. I'm. <laughs> hope you're feeling cheerier than me. I'm still depressed after last night. I, I'm just trying to put it to the um, the back of our minds, but um, there was almost a little bit of um, uplifting when we heard Kosovo scored after 35 seconds against uh, England, but England then went 5-1 up at half-time, and as we speak, it's actually been pegged back to 5-3, but even that can't kind of cheer Scotland fans up these days. Not like when San Marino scores. We have got some good news. The under-21s won tonight in Croatia after being 1-0 down. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah, result. Yeah, exactly. off the bench sure. to get a double. So that's, that's good. Well, that's there is hope after all for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in saying that, the under-21s haven't qualified for a tournament for a couple of years longer than the national team. The uh, last time was 96. Um, Scotland, the main Scotland team was 98, obviously. So that just shows you um, that somewhere between the ages 17 and 21, something's gone wrong. Um, Drink, I know. Tie, possibly, yeah. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> um, yeah. But so hopefully they can. Okay, Scott Gamble did well at the lower levels, and he's obviously been building a team for this. So yeah, hopefully they can they can qualify and good and Conor Clennon to get a couple of goals. And from a selfish Aberdeen point of view, it it's good for us because it means he'll be pushing closer for the first team again. Hopefully, because it's not got going yeah. so far this season. He's had injury problems, but. He's a very good player and um, yeah, hopefully he kicks on this season. Yeah, that was with Billy Gilmore tonight as well, who's obviously been getting games for Chelsea recently. So, mm-hmm. uh, good. And I think they've got the games at Tynecastle, haven't they? That's where they're playing uh, against Lithuania and Greece. I think it is. So that should be quite a good mm-hmm. venue. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, and the twenty ones can do something this year, this yeah. campaign. Uh, well, they started with two wins. Um, they won in Friday. Uh, was it Thursday they beat San Marino? Um, yeah. Just the yeah. the two-nil, but um, Glenn Middleton got one of the goals, so he's also just joined Hibs on loan, so hopefully he'll kick on. And yeah, you just want to All see right. a bit of um, positive. And if that can transcend at the national, the main national team, that'd be good because ultimately that's where the core of our players should end up coming from in future is from that under twenty one team. Yeah, ideally yeah. some strikers and centre backs, please. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Sadly lacking that department. Good to get wee Griffiths back on, back up, back to fitness and back on the pitch as well. Yeah, let's hope yeah. that he's in a better place in a month's time. Because, um, yeah. you know, judging by the two games, we are badly needing him. It's as simple as that. And because... he was in the stands last night. I saw him in the game. He was watching. So, oh, that's he's good. Coming along and supporting the team. So. Thank you, Ian. When you go, no, no, just uh, it's just good to see. It's sometimes good when you see a player's not in the squad still coming along to support the team, support the the boys. 
So that you know, it's quite a good show of commitment for him from him, even though I'm sure he was disappointed not to get included in the squad. So I thought that was a pretty good good sign from him that he's keen to return. I think Clark had spoke to Celtic and they said maybe at this point in time he wasn't maybe quite ready for it. So yeah, yeah. He's yeah, back in. However, few more months. I don't think it would have mattered who played up front for Scotland in either game because it's not as if there was many chances getting created for the striker. No, especially last night. Oof. Yeah, um, I suppose we should talk about Friday but, first because that was the, the main one out of the two. Um, Let's be honest, anything that we got last night um, would have been a bonus, but um, yeah, Friday night was the big one because if you had any chance to qualify for the top two, we had to win that one. And yeah, for 15 minutes, it was looking good. We were playing with, um, you know, it looks as though we played with a bit of confidence. John McGinn scored um, and was unlucky not to score a shot as well. You know, we were creating chances, we were pressing well. And then something happened. Um, it's like panic just descended over the team. Midfield started going missing. John McGinn wasn't seen for the rest of the game until he was hooked off. Um, McGregor was a shadow of the player that he normally is. McTominay didn't follow his runner, which led to um, partly led to the, the first goal. Um, Liam, Cooper, Liam Cooper steps out went, as a result and possibly shouldn't have. Robertson's trying to tuck in. and um, Yeah, and then the big boy... Juba just um, sorts it in nicely and all of a sudden they're back level but we let that happen it all started with a bad pass from Mulgrew but it, it, instead of us passing the ball properly we then started dropping deeper and then playing hoofball up to McBurney who just couldn't hold the ball up at all he wasn't winning anything in the air which is disappointing for someone that's six foot um, and yeah didn't get any better from there yeah, yeah well, the game should have, if the game had stopped after the first 15 minutes it would have been alright and we continued in that vein it's even we attack teams we actually look alright yeah. I know I, mean, I, was, I was really excited for the first 15 minutes I went away home thinking it was the first half an hour and I heard it was only the first 15 minutes we played good <laughs> but it was I was this is a, a huge difference in the way we're playing we're playing you know, like really fast passing attacking onto them they looked nervous we hit the post then we scored and I was thinking, this is absolutely fantastic. And then, I don't know how, just all confidence seemed to sap out the team. We sat back and it was just a matter of time before they scored. And then we never really recovered from that at all, I don't think. So it was really disappointing, but at the beginning I was so excited. And then, you know, this never happened, didn't materialise after that. So I don't know what it is um, that went wrong. I think as well, um, Clark came out and said it's nothing to do with tactics. It's not as if he told them, right, once you go ahead, sit back. So whether just mm-hmm. the players get stage fright or whatever I don't know or maybe you're in two yeah. minds asked to like do you go for it and go for the other goal or do you do you be a bit more cagey but I think we should have just kind of continued going for it yeah definitely I mean Russia I mean they did they look like they were under pressure you know and they make mistakes so but they just grew into the game and then we just never really go back into it yeah. so disappointing yeah and then obviously the second half um, yeah Russia just came out the traps a bit we give the ball away. It wasn't a great pass by McGregor to Fraser, and yeah. then he's tried to beat a man, and then we're caught short because Robertson's going up the pitch. Um, I, so you know, I'm talking about Liam Cooper as if you know he's the the main man to blame. He certainly wasn't. I thought Cooper was actually okay. Unfortunately, two moments in the game where he wasn't great is when he cost us. Uh, is when that cost us because obviously the first one he stepped out and it's led to the first goal. Apparently led to the first goal, and the second one. He's let the runner get away, and it's a great ball by Golovin. Um, 
and O'Donnell a little unfortunately tried to come back in um, to cover and hit it. I mean, does that go down as an own goal or was it um, Zarkov that got it? I think they gave it to Zarkov at the time, but I think a lot of people are saying it was O'Donnell putting it in his own net. And um, yeah, that's just yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, the pressing stuff and all starts as well, so um, not good, not good at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we obviously spoke to um, Liam after the game that was it's featured on my post-match blog, which is online, and it's the interview itself's been copied in. So um, you could actually hear how gutted he was um, mm-hmm. at the end of the game. And a few of the players were saying Andy Robertson in particular was very, um, you know, he was very disappointed. He was raging. Um, the fact that they threw the game away almost um, because we just stopped doing what we were doing. I don't know what it is because... Um, you know, in some of these cases, it's players playing at a good level. I mean, John, John McGinn's been a star week in, week out in the Premier League for Aston Villa after um, a brilliant first season in the Championship where he helped get them promoted, scoring the one on the playoff. Um, you know, Cal McGregor's been one of the best midfielders in Scotland for the last couple of seasons. Um, he's not really done it in a Scotland shirt. Um, both wingers weren't great. McTominay, um, at times, you know wasn't doing his job you know Robertson he's been getting heavily criticised for not having the same level of performance as Liverpool uh, is that because they, when they play for Scott I know they're not like in Robertson's case he's not surrounded by quality like Salah and uh, Firmino and Manny um, but even still you expect a bit better from him is the captain getting to him that's another question it's just like that dark blue jersey seems to shrink them and Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of like they're missing the, 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 the field and the experience because a lot of the players you mentioned you know if you look at the Scotland team they're playing at a good level and there's no reason why we should be as bad as we are but <coughs> you're just wondering if the players all brought together they're maybe just missing a kind of leading figure mm-hmm. um, you know Andy Robertson is obviously surrounded, surrounded by great players um, club football and there's maybe just a, I don't know if it's a different setup that they're missing you know, like a, I'm saying Scott Brown character, but you know, like someone with that dig in the yeah. midfield and leadership to shout and lead sort of by example. And it just seems like they're still a kind of young team, you know, the Ryan Christie's and all the rest of them. You know, they're young and it's almost like they need a leader there. I'm not saying that Andy Robertson's not, but I'm just saying a kind of more aggressive midfield type leader. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like an on field like, manager almost. almost. Someone that's going to give out the instructions and sort them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem to be missing that. And they just seem to be like a bit disjointed and they're all out there and a bit soft. You know, yeah. and, and getting pushed off the ball. And, you know, it's not... You know, I were definitely not physical enough. No. No, and you saw that, you saw that against Belgium as well. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. brushed off the ball at times. It was frightening. Yeah, the centre back position is obviously a big concern um, because you know no harm to Charlie McGrew, but at his peak he was a he was actual centre midfielder. Um, I remember him, you no know, bossing the game against Ireland in twenty fourteen at Parkhead. He was superb in that position, mm-hmm. and he played in that position many times for Celtic um, and done well in the Champions League. Um, but he's in the centre back just now because. Um, He's like he doesn't have the legs for midfield anywhere, and there's not that many options. Um, right. And you know, it doesn't help that McKenna's injured, Suter's injured, but even they've not 
I mean, McKenna's shown a little bit of promise, but even he's um, found it difficult to adjust. I mean, there's not a lot of experience amongst a lot of the players, but, you know, I'm looking back at the 98 World Cup team, um, and, you know, there's not one player that played outside the top division in England. It was mainly, um, it was all Scottish top flight players, top flight English players, um, Paul, um, John Collins at Monaco, and, uh, well, Scott Booth from Utrecht. Who were in the Dutch top flight, so um but we've got there's too many championship players and I mean I know the championship you can argue is it a st- step up from the um, Scottish Premiership. I don't think it's that much of a difference to be perfectly honest. Um and mm. you know, one of my mates put it away we're a championship team operating at a national level. We don't have enough players at the top flight, like that World Cup team as well. There's a few players in there, Colin Hendry, um Kevin Gallagher. John Collins, who won titles at, you know, Blackburn and Monaco. Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's kind of like, read an article in the magazine, um, one of the writers, Wolf Parkinson, wrote about the promise ahead and about the players that are appearing in England now, like, obviously, Kieran Tierney's gone down there for a lot of money. Uh, McBurney, a lot of money was paid for him. And, you know, you've got McKenna was attracting interest. And, you know, and then you've got Robertson. It's just, I mean, there is a lot of players playing, as you say, are they, are they playing at the top level, top clubs? No, but they are playing in England and they are attracting a lot of attention. And there's a lot of money involved in their movement, you know, their moves. And you do think we should, should be stronger. But, you know, I don't know what the answer is. You know, uh, in paper, you think we've got a player who should be good enough and then... If we're playing the top opposition, not even the top opposition, recently we've been playing and they're just not showing the capabilities or maybe they're just not at the level required. I don't know. I find it hard to understand, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I guess folk keep on talking about the strength we've got in midfield, but we've yet to see it at international level. Yeah. Whether it's just we've not got the right combination because they keep on changing in terms of who the three are or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Whether even the formation suits us, I don't know. Yeah. We tried a few changes last night. Um, I think there was four overall, so... Um, again, um, was the one centre midfield that was dropped, and Kenny McLean came in. Ryan Christie came in to um, play one of the wide areas, and uh, Snodgrass came in for Forest. And then the other change was Phillips for McBurney. I'm quite surprised that the back. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised that the back four stepped in, um, stayed intact. I think that shows a lot for the lack of experience and cover for um, the back four positions. Because there's a couple of uncapped mm-hmm. players in there, and again, I mean, with the first seven minutes, it's looking not too bad. We're holding <laughs> on a bit, and then Stephen O'Donnell pulls out a challenge at the edge of the box. Wonderful pass from Mertz, you have to say, and then we're caught in a two v one, and there's only one outcome. Um, now, say what you want about De Bruyne's delivery; his delivery's fantastic. But why is he getting that opportunity to cross that ball for the second goal? Cal McGregor sleeping at first for the short corner. He almost retrieved the situation. But why Andy Robertson is not coming out to, to help him quicker, I don't know. And De Bruyne's got all the time to play the ball. And, and it's an undefendable ball. Nothing Marshall can do. It's an easy finish. And the third goal, completely Charlie Mulgrew's fault. It's his man that gets the header in. And it's too easy a header. Um, and it's game over. And, you could, you could have forgiven a lot of Scotland fans for leaving at 32 minutes, to be honest with you. It took my will to stay as long as 70, and it's not something I like doing. That's the earliest I've ever left the game of football. 70 minutes, that's shocking. It is shocking, it is shocking, I agree, and I'm, I am not I proud of myself. 85. 
you had a comfier seat than me, Elkin. <laughs> uh, that's true, that is true. Um, but the atmosphere, she was better over your side. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I know, I mean, I'll be surprised, I thought the crowd, I mean, the crowd wasn't great for a start, I mean, we played number one team rated in the world, and I think the attendance was only 25,000, is that right? I heard that. That's, 20, that's roughly 25,000, I mean, that's pretty, that's really poor, and it's a qualifying game, and it just shows you that, that you know, I don't know, there's people are just falling by the wayside trying to watch Scotland just now, and then, obviously, so that performed, although we're playing one of the best teams and it's there are a lot of players missing as well. Right. We just did not look anywhere near it. And I think we like proper athletes and they would play there about five extra players on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And Bucky Hazard wasn't playing as well. I yeah, know, both I, know of them. I would have liked to have seen him, but <laughs> I'm pretty glad he wasn't. Um <laughs> it would have been nice to have seen him in other circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but I just thought we're not nowhere near it. It's actually frightening how far behind we seem to have gone. Um, especially with a new manager in place, it's kind of hoping for something a bit more. Yeah. Kind of hoping for something a bit more solid at the back. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I get that Belgium are a, a top side. Um, for me, I think they'll win the, um, the Euros next year, um, or they'll be one of the front runners. Um, yeah. But you know, we've had top sides and world cha- champions come into our place a lot over the last 15, 16 years, you know, mm-hmm. we've had Italy twice, we've had France, yeah. we've had Spain, we've had Germany, um, you know, you can arguably throw England into that mix as well, because that England side did reach the World Cup semi a year later, um, you know, mm-hmm. we've, and the key thing is, we've been competitive, even in the games that we lost, like the Spain mm-hmm. one and the Germany one, we've been competitive, we've been in the game, there was nothing last night, they just, it, they just gave up, no. And that's the bit that's unforgiving, you know. Um, people say we played well at the start of the second half, only because Belgium went down by a couple of gears. I wonder as well if maybe there's an issue in terms of playing the games at Hamden with the players looking at it and going, this place is half empty. See, when you're mentioning all these good results that we had and all these good performances, it was part yep. out crowd at Hamden. Yep. Whereas now, the players must look and be like, let's put on here. And they're not helping with the performances, but I suppose it kind of goes two ways. Uh, I mean, I'm guilty of myself in terms of falling away from going to games. But just got <coughs> to the point when it stopped being Saturdays and Monday nights and different nights. It's just, yeah. it's just not the same atmosphere, I don't think. Yeah, the week of football is definitely having a big effect. Um, you know, you think of it, I mean, we always talk about the Euro 2008 campaign um, where it was like, we were lucky um, with the, the fixture schedule and it was every Saturday. That was actually because. Um, we messed up the negotiations over the, the first lot of fixtures um, and the Ukraine said, no, France are not getting every um, finishing with four home games and it went to a draw with UEFA and um, we ended up with every game the Saturday, every away game the Wednesday and it worked perfect for us um, and it almost yeah. worked in terms of qualifying. <clears throat> but even the campaign under George Burley, I mean, we were rotten, but most of the games when Iceland um, was close to 40,000, that was a Wednesday night after we get bumped. Um, popped off Holland and uh, in the the midst of the Buskate scenario so mm-hmm. I just think it, there's a lot of apathy with the national team I think that's the biggest concern because you know if we were in for a chance of qualifying there's no doubt that the attendance would have went up a bit you know it's about supply and demand if the team's performing well and then with a chance more people will come more people probably come to the playoffs because they think well we've got a chance um, yeah. Although right now, based on the last two games, I'm not um, overly confident. But I'm a wee bit worried with with Clark because when you 
when a new manager comes in, you expect some kind of bounce. It's not quite happens. We were laboured against Cyprus. All right, Belgium away from home. We were competitive for 45 minutes before they scored. Ah, um, not too bad there. At the last He's at a tough start with Fitzgerald, mind you. He has. He has. And I'm not saying by any stretch of imagination Clark outlet. Some Scotland fans are absolutely not. But, you know, he needs to um, get his best team right and quickly and get these players performing properly because, you know, those last two performances were just not good enough. I think the last three games are going to be really interesting. And God knows what the crowd's going to be like against San Marino. Um, yeah. But the last three, I mean, we should should be beating all these teams and we should be building. Surely by then, we should, he should have the team working well together, have a, mm-hmm. you know, and aiming towards these playoffs. And if, you know, that is the big games for him as far as I'm concerned. Russia away is obviously going to be really tough. You know, he may salvage something from that. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. it's been really disappointing because I was really wanting Stevie Clark, you know, after the way with uh, Kamarnock, he was the guy I was wanting, I was shouting, you know, and I, and I really did think there'd be instant progress with the squad. I really mm-hmm. did. Um, and it, it, there's nothing there at the moment, unfortunately. I haven't seen much. Although, glimpse, you know, there has been a glimpse in you know, the first 15 minutes, as you say, um, against Russia. First mm-hmm. five minutes against Belgium. Yeah. You know, we might get half an hour's worth of football out of, it, out of the team, but mm-hmm. you know, you can only hope for the remainder of this campaign. You know, the pressure is basically off. We can't qualify. You know, um, so use these games where we should be building these qualifiers. Yeah. Aye, and it's not even a given that we'll. Yeah, it's not even a given that we're going to come through these playoffs. I mean, um, definitely. It definitely looks as, not. Yeah, it looks as though. I mean, it is supposed to be Finland, but it looks as though Finland might be qualifying second place behind Italy. So um, their place looks as though it's falling to Bulgaria. Um, mm-hmm. That's certainly winnable, but I wouldn't fancy. I wouldn't be overly surprised if they came to Hamden and put us out. And um, if we do get through, which I think we should be capable of doing. Um, Serbia versus Norway the winners of that again I can't say we're 100% certainty that we'll win that game no would you say John definitely not against Serbia I think Serbia are decent side yeah uh, all experience as well this is depressing talk isn't it mm-hmm I'll move. Yeah. 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 You'd imagine he'll come in and probably play. Um, he'll probably play right back. Um, the, yeah, on the right, and let Robertson stay on the left. Yeah. I mean, there's a slight argument for playing him at centre back, but I think he's just a bit too small, and his strength is getting forward. I get that on at right back. Um, it's not his natural side and he'd have to come in a bit more but first and foremost he can defend as a right back and I think that's the thing that we need to do yeah. is start defending properly first um, and make uh-huh. ourselves hard to beat you know see if it means playing ugly I mean that's how Watersmith get the fans back on side um, were we pretty watch under Watersmith for a while? No did we get results? Absolutely you know um, yeah. you know, we beat France play, um, at home uh-huh. with that kind of formation so um, at the end of the day whatever gets the confidence up and even Strachan when they first came in you know that result against Croatia that got them going for a bit we weren't great to watch mm-hmm. that night but we've won the game yeah I yeah. no one cares how you play if you win yeah exactly um, um, we're just distant memories now <laughs> so you're not even yeah. getting close to that now so yeah, yeah well taken not playing well and getting the result yeah. definitely definitely um, 
The main... I think we just we'll try we'll try to push up there, and I think we just left ourselves wide open. Yeah. Any positives? Belgium, for example. Any positives? Uh, yes, on Friday night there was a positive because um, yeah, my niece was. was one of the ma- mascots and she oh. um, laid out David. Um, she was laid out with David Marshall, um, and I thanked him. And immediately, Ray Matthews says it was a pleasure. David Marshall was probably our best player on Friday night, so I'd like to thank yeah. my niece in, inspired inspired them a bit. So, yes, um, and she. Good, and, you've got some good photographs. Oh, you've fantastic! Good photographs that are going to go in the magazine. Um, Alan was showing them yesterday. Fantastic. So, yeah, so they've been well recorded. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Get them over to you and in the magazine. So, yeah, she did well. I must really exciting. I was watching her jumping about beforehand. It looked mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, I, she was really excited. Yeah, I mean, she's not a massive football fan, but she's she's been to a couple of Scotland games because um, she's a member of the supporters club. Um, I've signed uh-huh. my boy up. Um, he will not be there for a year. Uh, I know John's listening to th- thinking, what are you doing to your child? Um, are you not better um, putting him into naughty time? <laughs> Rather than <laughs> taking him to a Scotland game. But, oh, no, uh, I did the same. I used to take the boy as well to games. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, with all these NDCs, I mean, it's, it's a shame that, you know, they're not getting youth groups along and school groups and fill, at least filling the stadium. I and mean, it's an absolute embarrassment having it so half empty. Yeah, I think they'll do that know, for. Like, yeah, I think they'll do that uh, for San Marino. I think they might do that yeah, for San Marino. Yeah, have to do something. It's going to be a hand, and they've got to do something because I mean, the fans are, you know, a lot of them are fed up anyway, so they're not going to turn up a lot of them. They're beating yeah. that meaningless game. Mm-hmm. Got, but it's a national team, and getting young people along to the first ever international game. I know the Tartan mm-hmm. Children's Charity do a lot of good for that. It's called My First Scotland Game. They bring a lot of disadvantaged mm-hmm. young people along, and you know it's a great way to get people into the football. Yeah, um, and I think they should definitely be doing that. They've got to do some better marketing or something to, to get that stadium uh, to get some life in it again. I mean, that should be that should be the hand in road at that stadium. You know, it should be teams should be coming and you know um, experiencing the hand in road, the Tartan Army in full voice. But it's, I don't think it's going to happen in these coming games, unfortunately. Yeah. What's yeah. the numbers in the supporters club now? Roughly, I think it's around about the the twenty thousands, maybe slightly above mark. Um, but not every not everyone's signing up to go to games. Uh, I paid for the five match package, um, and I'm not even guaranteed that I'll, I'll certainly go to the San Marino game because um, that's on my mum's birthday, um, and hopefully get to see a few goals. But you know, I'm deliberating whether to go to the Kazakhstan game because you know that's going to be a nothing game with nothing to play for but pride um, yeah. and it's you know it's on a cold Tuesday night in November so I mean I probably will end up going um, and I would encourage people who have a ticket to go um, to give the team support because at the end of the day you don't want to be walking away but I totally get why people like John and Chris the other regular podcast also for even saying they might not even watch the game. It's a sad state of affairs, but that just is where mm-hmm. the national team is. And our group chat, um, our WhatsApp chat um, with the regulars, on Friday there was a bit of chat about it. I didn't see one message last night. That just shows it all for me. Yeah, I never even watched it last night. I watched the highlights and that was it. I did watch Friday's game. Um, but even like, be, if you go to the pub, I remember even going... Like, um, Maybe like some away games and different things like that. You'd go to the pub and watch it. The pub would be packed. See, nowadays, there's just it's just not the same. No one is as interested. I think I seen a tweet as well. Someone mentioned about how the fact that folk used to take time off work 
maybe yeah. taking that stay off work, whatever and stuff like that, taking a watch a scoring game or recover from it. It's just not, um, I don't yeah. know, it's just not that same feeling right. now. As we, as we said before, the week of football is having an effect on that. I mean, you can't expect someone uh, fit Inverness, you know, to come down with their, their mm-hmm. child, take the child, because essentially they need to take the child out of school for two days to come down on a Monday night or Tuesday night to watch the Scotland game. And with the team performing the way they are, where's the motivation? Um, obviously, that doesn't look as though it's going to end anytime soon because the big nations don't care. Um, it's all about the money for them. But. Yeah. Something needs the transport situation doesn't help as well. No. Like with ScotRail and stuff like that, or Bell or whatever it is nowadays. I, I think um, they tried something. I think they had like, some regular buses going in the other night uh, on Friday. It was like a five-hour return to the, um, the city, from city centre to Hamden. They were running every ten minutes at full time, but um, the problem is getting away because um, of the, the traffic at Mount Florida is horrendous. It's getting the train to like yeah, Aberdeen and D and all that type of thing, getting yeah. out of the city. That's the issue as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I know there's a debate on Radio Scotland. Was it this morning? Or, no, was it a couple of days ago? I'm trying to remember now. So, I think it was Sunday. Monday it was, Monday morning. And they were talking about how it was just so bad to get their hands in and, you know, and how they should, I think it was the Scottish Football Supporters Association. They're trying to encourage. SFA to come together with the council to get together with Scott Rail or whoever the rail services are these days and try and get them all to link in to put on extra services to make it a better experience because mm-hmm. people are not coming to the games. The, the, you know, the product isn't that good just now, but we're not really treated that well. The, you know, the, the services going in and out of stadiums and going in and out of the city and then going on to wherever people are coming from. The, yeah. You know, there's not extra, it doesn't appear to be extra trains laid on or anything mm-hmm. you know and it's a bit of an ordeal to go to a game I only travel through from Stirling so it's not the end of the world for myself but you know as you say a lot of people come a lot of distance pay a lot of money to come and mm-hmm. you kind of can't help thinking it should be a better they should try and do something to make it a better experience for the fans yeah Okay. As well as improving the football. <laughs> that'd, be the better, that'd be the easiest way to improve it. Yeah, well, that's obviously... At the end of the day, the uh, marketing team can do all they want, but the main thing that will attract fans to the games is the performances in the pitch. You know, it, uh-huh. it, it got to a stage where, you know, at one point, you could get up to five tickets for a game. Then you were only guaranteed a ticket for yourself because the membership went up to 35,000 and it was locked at 35,000. But now it's pretty much the same, and people are being offered tickets for nothing and turn turn their nose yeah. up. Um, I know a lot of people wouldn't go, wouldn't go at all. Yeah, um, it's a shame. And it is really just, yeah, it's a shame. Aye. But it's not grabbing the attention or the the feeling for the national team. <clears throat> if I think way back to years ago, I, you know, I wouldn't even you would never think that would be the case. You think always everybody's a football fan, and even not we'd support the country when they're playing. But this seems to be a different era now that this. I think it's just one disaster after another and one disappointment after another that we never qualify. Mm-hmm. And people are getting scunnered. <laughs> yeah. so it's hard going. Yeah. Well, let's move on to something po- a bit more positive because your latest uh, magazine <laughs> came out just before um, the two games. Um, it did, I- I've, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, and just tell us for yourself um, what features are in this one for those who haven't read it. Right, so uh, there's a second issue that's just out for this year. <clears throat> and um, the front cover is Steve Clark, and we say, New boss, new direction, can he give it, get us to the finals? Well, there's still hope of that. There's still hope of that. Um, so in the magazine, we have a good book review. So we also encourage people 
to send an article. So um, Neil Monroe's sent in a good couple of good articles, and he did a preview, a review, sorry, a book review of Archie McPherson's book, mm-hmm. which he recommends is definitely a good read. Um, just got articles on the you know the players down in England who who are performing down in the English league, Steve Clark and Shelley Kerr. We've got the women's football covered, and we've got Nitz, Dale, Tartan Army. Um, and then we've got a bit about the VAR from the Facebook account, I think. I'm not sure if you've got a, a comment in that, yeah, John, or not. Yeah, I'm just I trying do. to remember. Um, and, oh, you have, yeah. I can see it here. It needs to be slicker. Uh, the amount of time given to give the penalty in Argentina game was farcical. That's what you said. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so a bit of comment about the VAR and how we thought that ruined the women's game. We've got a bit about Tartan Army, Children's Charity, and... We've got another bit now, fans for microphones. So the first issue with Chick Young and this this issue it is uh, Luke, Sky Sports' Luke Shanley talking about his experiences watching Scotland as a supporter. Um, yeah, just really it's by the fans for the fans and just always welcome any new uh, input or material and look forward to also reviewing your football blog. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, so I'll, I'll have some. Like and it's free. You can get it for free online. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yeah, I would recommend a read. It's a good read, and it'll be even better the next edition because I'll have an article or two in there. So you yeah. will. Yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. And there wasn't too many typos. I've been told there's a couple of typos, but apart from that, I'll... I shouldn't be highlighting that really, should I? But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you like something, John, look forward to that. Yeah, I'll enjoy your article. So it'll be good. Thank you. Sorry. Anything else we want to cover in terms of the international side of things? Or not really. Magazine? The women's team did. Uh, well, the women's team is good to cover the women's football and yeah. uh, to see how it's you know it's really progressed. Yeah. And it's I just found the whole story with the women's international team um, fascinating. That mm-hmm. it wasn't so long ago that they weren't you know recognised or given any caps. And I think mm-hmm. it was in 1998, um, the SFA kind of took them over. And at the game, the farewell game before the World Cup, it was nice to see um, the women's first team, you know, the first women's team that played in the 70s, I think it was, you know, given a cap in recognition of what they did to try and establish women's football. So I find that quite, you know, it's, women's football has really progressed. And, and um, unfortunately, they didn't get out of the group, but at least they qualified, so... Well done to them. Yeah, exactly. And they got off to a good start as we covered last time when the European Championship qualifiers won in 8-0. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and we've got two teams in the Champions League. Um, I would love to say a bit of men's again. But um, yeah, so Glasgow City are away to Chetanovo tomorrow, Wednesday, and Hibs are at home to mm-hmm. Slavia Prague in their first leg. So good luck to them. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about the um, some of the rest of the stuff um, happening in Scottish football. Do you want to stay on for it? I'll head off, but I will listen no on podcast. Definitely. And um, yeah, just keep up the good work. And hopefully, the next time we speak, Scott will be back on track again. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, happy, a happier conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Well, thanks again, Ian, for coming yeah. on, and good to see you on right. Friday. Yeah, and yourselves, and um, yeah, and I'll get these pictures sent on. You know, we need 
Thank and, you. Um, just wishes both all the best. Okay, cheers then. Hey, thanks. Cheers, Ian. Okay then, cheers. Bye. Bye. <coughs> yep. Thanks to Ian for coming back on. I'm always happy to promote his his magazine. Um, so, Challenge Cup. Challenge Cup, yes. Yeah. Uh, fun in games in terms of teams having to travel to England, Wales, whatever. Um, yeah. I one from my point of view that I was keeping an eye on was Kelty Hearts. They were playing Solihull Muirs. Um, obviously, Talbot have been drawn against them in the, the Scottish Cup. So, went to penalties, as, as did a few ties.
seen, so we're encouraged that every week. Anytime, any goal at all, at any level in Scottish football, doesn't matter whether it's amateur, junior, professional, non-league, whatever, send it on to us at SFF Podcast. Um, we've had a few sent to us in previous weeks, so we be grateful to receive them. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other one, you'd kind of mention the one in the women's football. It was a Scottish player, but playing down oh, south. Oh, yeah. Caroline Weir um, for Man City, yeah, that was a peach into the top corner. Um, we can... I think we can count that because it's a, um, a Scottish player um, playing in the, you know, in England. So I think we can allow that one, but I would still say probably Christmas Day would win it. Yeah, I think Ian was talking about the women's football in terms of how well it was doing. I think that game, the Man City game, I think got a record crowd for women's. Yeah, there was a lot. Oh, I think in England. Yeah, there's been a lot of big crowds um, happening recently. Obviously, there's more money in, in the English game. And that league is going to thrive, and the fact that uh, then international game felt a different time as well. More people felt inclined to go because there was no club football, uh, well, no men's club football, should I say? And yeah, it's obviously had a, a boost in attendance. So no, that's that's good to see. I'd like to see more of that in the Scottish women's game. Um, hopefully, that will get that will start improving. Obviously, with the 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 women's national team doing well, and hopefully the yeah. two sides do well in the Champions League. Um, so we were as well with that more of the more of the, the teams are incorporating women's football into the one body as opposed to it being a separate entity. We just mm-hmm. good to see like Aberdeen. Um uh, women's team's yeah. been doing pretty well so far this season. Yeah, they've and been clubs as well. But well we're talking about how obviously they're making it all one thing and stuff like that as opposed to a different different part of, almost like a different different team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or different club, I should say. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but no, it's it's good that you know most club sites are starting to um, focus, and not it's not just about you know the men's team and the men's youth team. It's about everyone and get everyone involved because it could even if, um, boost your own attendances for your main games. That you know, your if your club's promoting women's football, you know, women will come along to watch the guys, and then the next day the guys will come along and watch the women type of thing. So. It can only get, it can only keep improving, and as I say, the more good things that are happening, um, the more people get interested. It's like the national team effect. You know, at the end of the day, as I said before, the, the biggest market and seller in football is when there's a winning team. It may be oh, yeah, classified, it might be classified as glory hunting um, to some people, but that's that is just the way football is. I mean, if you look at certain teams. What they drop off to is um, when they're not doing well, they drop off probably the hardcore um, element, and then it creeps up as the teams are doing well, and that's just the same for um, every team in Scottish football and in football in general, almost. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. But that Challenge Cup draw, incidentally, um, last 16, it's Arbroath versus Clyde, Airdrie versus Elgin, Wraith Rovers versus Glenavon. Partick Thistle um, play Conus Key, last season's finalists. Wrexham are home to St. St. Myrne Colts. Stenisvere versus Waterford. Solihull, Moors versus Ballymena, United or Rangers, Colts and Inverness versus Alwa. I think Inverness was your tip to win it. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, both. I was trying to remember because you were all... (laughs) Uh, you were all saying about uh, yeah, your tips and, all, and, all that, and I was trying to think who did I put and I think it was Inverness yeah. so they're, they're still in the hunt yeah. see one win against Morton 
Yeah, Chris's tip was Falkirk, who yet again do not score away from home, um, going out to the Rovers. And my tip was Dundee, who went out to Elgin at home, which is even worse. Um, I think, apparently Dundee races in players, but that's no excuse. Um, but well done, Elgin, for winning that tie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think if there's anything else. I was at the Talbot Logs game on Saturday at Logs. Beautiful day, lovely day for it. Stunning views. I've shared the mm-hmm. photo on WhatsApp. Um, which was really nice, different kind of setting compared to what you usually watch football in. Did have a half time pie, uh, alright, it was a steak pie, decent, not one of the best I've had in the juniors, I would say, mm-hmm. 6 out of 10. Um, but we were treated to an air show at half time because there was some kind of festival on a Viking festival or something like that. Though I don't know what planes have anything to do with the Vikings, but um, yeah, there was a wee aircraft show at half time, so. Not quite the red arrows, but kind of similar type of style. So folk were like, kind of like, oh, what's going on here? Watching this, and it continued on to the, sec- the start of the second half. So folk were like, kind of one eye in the football, one eye in the, the aircraft show. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Good I game see. as well. I think it's 40 to tell. So. Excellent. Is the, is the top of the league then? No, not yet. It's the, the game's in hand. Ah, the usual. Four, <laughs> uh, we've got a few games in hand. So yeah, you, you, all day, day at this stage of the season. Um, you've got that problem. Yeah. So. I've seen the uh, Fulltice United one at the weekend, so they're to- still top of their league. And Aaron um, Conley scored um, the second goal in that game, so we shout out to Aaron. Um, on uh, Suicide Awareness Day as well, we must bring that up because of the part of the back on side too. So, now good to see Aaron um, getting his life back to um, some form of normality. And, um, you know, scoring goals at junior level again, so no, well done to I definitely. I think the manager as well, John Collin, I think he's getting on the mend a bit as well. Yeah. Um, so that's good to hear as well. Yeah, exactly. No, good on them. And uh yeah, keep up the good work. I definitely. Yeah. I think that's might be one of the kind of shortest podcasts we've done in a while. I can't think of anything else we need to discuss. Yeah, um we could I just mentioned that. Well, you mentioned one of the fixtures on Friday night. Um, are both in part of this. In fact, it's the fixture on Friday night, and then um, Saturday in the Premier League, um, you've got sorry Scottish Premiership Hamilton versus Celtic. The lunchtime kickoff. Then if every game's Saturday this week, Aberdeen St Johnson, Hearts Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Hibs, Rangers Livingston, and Ross County St Martin. Um So interesting to see how these games go and the game of the weekend the championships the top two Air versus Dundee United Air had a good record last season against United but United so Dundee United took two of their best players Smith and um, Mr Shankland Shankland Mr Shankland aye Mr. <laughs> yeah. what I call him <laughs> Mr Shankland superstar maybe I'd <laughs> <laughs> um, be good to get back to domestic action yeah Trying to think what the game of the weekend would be. Uh, oh, in League One, East Fife went top of the league um, by beating Forfar, um, and they're heading back up uh, Angus Way to play Montrose. Um, so that's top versus bottom in that one. And in League Two, the league leaders Cove travel to Brecon City, who are now managed by Mark Wilson. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, interesting. Tough start for them. Yeah, it doesn't get much easier. Um, and one of our former guests, Paul McMahon, is actually signed for breaking the summer, so he'll be 
you know, no doubt be looking forward to facing his former team. He mainly signed for mm-hmm. location reasons. Um, yeah. Because obviously he's from Fife, but nah, good luck to Hopefully that's a good game as well. Um, and if you're all going to a game this weekend, enjoy it. Aye, absolutely, yeah. Um, so I cheers again earlier for Ian coming on. Um, hopefully, as you say, next time it'll be a bit more uh, positive and enthusiastic in terms of Scotland. Yeah. It could only get better, surely. <laughs> I don't know how long I've been saying that for. <laughs> Since 1992, yeah. D-Ream. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> well, that's when that song was out. <laughs> um but yeah, we'll we'll just name it and see. Um, aye, let's let's end in a positive. Um, let's look forward to the weekend. Yes, otherwise, any time it's a Scotland podcast, it's basically the Reverend I am Jolly. <laughs> there'll be younger 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 listeners who are going what what? But if you've no uh, heard of Reverend I am Jolly, YouTube, go on to YouTube. Yes, you'll see it. You'll see clips, classic Scottish comedy. Yeah. Definitely. I would recommend Google at Rev and I am Joe anything for Scotch and Rye, to be honest. Aye. Um, but yeah, aye. Cheers. Aye, cheers as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't able to live here you know, in terms of uh-huh. talking about football. Yeah. Cheers, John. Aye, cheers, John. Bye. <laughs>